Oh, my goodness gracious me, I am so excited to talk to you tonight. Welcome. Hello. Hello. Is this thing on? Oh, man. Man, I'm excited. I'm excited. Let me give it just a moment. Uh, just a little heads up. This is actually the first of, I think, two live streams tonight to make up for last night's guffaw. You know what happened to me? I ate some delicious Korean fried chicken. You ever had Korean fried chicken? That stuff can mess you up. There is so much sodium and it. it's delicious. I had honey, garlic, extra crispy Korean fried chicken. The way that uh, uh, Korean fried chicken is made, I, I don't know what the secret is, but it is just, it's spectacular. I'm a big, big fan and tried to, this new place in town and it just kind of really wrecked me. I, I ate all the fried chicken. Then you know what happened? I I was reading the Berenstain, was it Berenstain or Berenstain? I don't know anymore. The Berenstain Bears to my Kindle, and I started to feel very heavy and passed out. My legs started to swell up a little bit, something that has never happened to me before. I think I had a serious overdose of sodium, and it was, yeah, not good. So I drank a lot of water today. I ate a banana. Because I went on Google and it said you got to have potassium. Potassium is how you counteract the effects of sodium. That honey garlic Korean fried chicken was so potent, so dankity dank that the basement, this the basement studio still smells because I was not allowed to eat it upstairs because it was so pungent. The basement now still smells like the honey garlic chicken from last night. So you know, it's just one of those things, you know, uh, you go into a food coma. I went into a terrible, terrible food coma. I was supposed to broadcast last night. It wasn't going to happen. I just couldn't do it. So I, I threw in the towel and instead, instead I said, I'll do, I have to make my announcement and I'll do a show tonight. And the show I plan to do, I'll tell you about it after the announcement here. Now, I guess to start, why am I making an announcement on YouTube. I wasn't initially planning on making any announcement at all. I've learned if you watch my other video, go watch my video about not giving up and finishing your, your film uh, that sort of documents and details the trials and tribulations of basically trying to complete a project that uh, was a casualty of the, the, you know, what in 2020, and sort of rallying and figuring out that I could still tell the story if I told the sequel. You know, I, I learned my lesson in about making an, an announcement then. And so this announcement is not that kind of announcement in terms of like, hey, here's the new movie I'm going to make, blah, 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 because this is absolutely uh, the next intended narrative project. I have other projects. There's a docu a long gestating documentary project that I am also working on concurrently. But in terms of like my next narrative feature film, I want it to be this project. And uh, and so why am I making an announcement instead of just doing it? Because that's what I did last time. I just made I made the film. I didn't tell anybody about it. And then I made the announcement after I made the film. Well, in this case, I want, I figure that this would be a great way to sort of um, promote the, the project before I'm ready to start actually making it. And so 
I'm gonna I'll get into that in a second as well. What's up, Paul? Paul, you're gonna Paul, you're gonna join me right for this. I I, I think Paul Paul is gonna be a part of what I am talking about because I previously already invited him uh, to to partake in 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 what we are doing. All right, I'm I'm sort of. I'm sort of burying the lead here. I'm trying to let this stream. I just decided to pop on live, right? It's part of the problem when you do a live announcement. So here's the deal. Uh, I started, I started, I came up with this idea or I had had this idea gestating for a really long time, even before I started writing the sequel to wash away, AKA gouge away. And then I put this, I put this thing on the back burner and as gouge away was finishing, I realized that this is absolutely this. I need to tell the story. I at least need to tell the story. I have to get the whole story out. And so uh, right after Genre Blast, we premiered Gouge Away at Genre Blast Film Festival. And right after Genre Blast, I began work on this new story that I call My Shadow. And I've been writing it and writing it. And I just finished the screenplay. Now, it took a long time you know, it's since since September, if you consider that a long time, it, it took a long time to get to the end of that first draft. But I want I'm proud to say that it was effortless to write. It wasn't for the lack of not knowing what I wanted to do. It was just simply finding the time to sit down and do it. And um, the story has changed a lot from what I initially intended and changed even further from the initial kernel of the idea. And, you know, there's this like, there's this beautiful sort of process in, in writing where you, at least, I don't know, this is my process. This is what I like to do where you can, um, you come up with an idea. I like to come up with an idea and then I'll sort of beat out the plot as much as I can. Like, how can I get to the end? I try beat it all out, trying to get to the end of the story and then once I've done that and I like, okay, have a beginning, a middle and an end and some characters and some idea of like what I want to happen, then I go into what I like to consider the discovery phase. This is my eighth feature length screenplay that I've written. So I've not written a ton of screenplays, especially compared to some. There are some super prolific screenplay writers out there. I'm just a small, a small, a small fish in, in that regard. But one thing that I've learned in my process, at least, is after you get all the that stuff out then you go into i go into this thing the discovery phase where i am sort of discovering where like even though i know where i need to get my character i sort of discover things either about the character or just about the situation or i discover th the theme you know like i wish i could just start every time i intend to write a theme like start with a theme and then write out from that I never get anywhere. It just doesn't work. I have to start with like a plot and then a theme reveals itself within the plot as I'm writing. And I, and then that like just opens doors everywhere. And I have to say, I had such a wonderful time writing this screenplay. I really did. When I typed the last page, actually I wrote it by hand. When I wrote the last page, I was actually quite, like sad because I didn't want it to end. I just absolutely loved like discovering the story, even though I knew how I was going to get there. I loved, loved, loved 
discovering the story as it went along and making little changes. And again, it was all intuitive. So it wasn't like I, it wasn't being lost. It wasn't writer's block. It was just simply, Oh no, that's what it is. Oh yeah. That, Oh yeah. And then, you know, you, you set things up at the beginning and you wrap them up at the end. It's just, it, Oh man, I love writing. I love going to that inner world inside of my mind and just playing in there. And so that's what this is. So, so what is, what is my shadow about now? There is a theme too. I should mention, I, I have this theme when writing narrative screenplays, at least the work, my personal work, I always, it seems this is the third time that it's happened. Actually, it's the fourth time. Technically, I always seem to name my story or at least start at a starting place with a song title to a song that I really like. In this case, it was a song by Jay Riotard called My Shadow off of his album Blood Visions, which is a song that really means a lot to me. Every time, every before every film shoot, every single production day, I listen to this song. It's like my battle song. I have to listen to this song before we start the shooting day. It's like it gets my my blood pumping. I can't explain it. And I don't know. I just thought that the name, the title, my shadow was very interesting. And I don't know what what made me decide this is going to be the name of my next story. But it was. It wasn't. I wasn't initially intending it. Romeo's distress, my first feature length film, that is named after a Christian death song. Um, Wash Away, the, the 20 minutes of Wash Away that we shot that turned into Gouge Away. That's a TSOL song called Wash Away off of Beneath the Shadows. Gouge Away is a Pixie song and Gouge Away and Wash Away uh, are similar. So I decided to just change the title from Wash Away since it was no longer Wash Away to Gouge Away. And now here we are at My Shadow. Um, who is Shadow? Well, I'm going to explain all that right now to you. And I'm going to explain the first gestation of this project eventually my shadow, you know, God willing, knock on wood, hoping beyond hope, my shadow is going to be a feature length film. That's the plan. And I guess it'll be the third in my, my filmography. That's what I I'm hoping. Now, lots of things can happen along the way. I'm not going to sit here and tell you that it is the be all end all who knows, maybe some other opportunity will come up and I'll want to you know, deviate from the road just and take care of something. As I said, I'm also taking care of a documentary project, but this movie, I it has to come to fruition. I, I want it. I want to make this movie so badly. I can't even tell you how badly I want to make this movie. So I'm telling you that I have the intention to want to make it. I hope that I get a chance to make it. It is one of the most ambitious narrative projects I've, you know, attempted it's it's there's a lot there's a lot of moving parts and it's relatively a simple straightforward story it just comes from the fact that i you know the films that i make i i i basically pay for them out of my own pocket so you know i'm not crowdsourcing to get money you know i have a patreon i i i have youtube revenue all of that stuff contributes to the creative fund but um you know, I'm not going to be like I have I, I pay out of my pocket. And so because of that, I am limited in my scope and range and what I want to do. And this movie pushes those limits because it is it's a monster movie. It's a monster movie. It's got um, special effects makeup. It's got gore. It's got uh, viscera. It's there's. There's all sorts of stuff. And I'm going to tell you about it, what it's about right now. Ready? You're going to, you're going to find out what it is about. Um, now, one of the hardest parts that I find 
when coming up with a story idea and both this is from a selling point and this is from you know just you know in general like you need to be able to communicate your ideas clearly and you know concisely to other people and so in order to do that for almost every film i've written or every film that i've you know turned into a feature in some way shape or form uh, i've devised i've i've distilled down the synopsis into a spoiler free sentence if i can't tell you what this is in a sentence then i'm lost and <laughs> because this movie that i've written is so it it's not it's not overly original like it takes from all these like archetypes and things that have come before but because it's such a sort of uh quirky complicated like premise that i i needed to use way more than one sentence and really a run-on sentence so here it is i'm going to tell it to tell it to you right now this is what my shadow is about i wrote this today this is the uh this is my my synopsis Far on the outskirts and also let's show the poster while I'm reading it so you can get a sense, a little bit of a sense. You saw it maybe in the thumbnail slightly. Here we go. This is my shadow. Yeah, I am really excited about that. All right, ready? And as you can see right there, that is shadow on the cover. That is shadow. So, yes, shadow is a per. Well, shadow is is a character. Shadow is a character. My shadow. Far on the outskirts of the big bad city where Eraserhead probably took place, in the black and white foggy haze of White Plains, Robert, a painter, struggles with the sudden demise and grisly resurrection of his best friend, a rabbit named Shadow. Now all Robert wants to do is take the girl next door, Sydney, to the jovial Halloween ball and have a good time but it's hard to have fun when your best friend aspires to be a rock and roll singer and won't stop eating the people, you know? So that is like the plot. That is like the, the synopsis. And there's so much more to it than that. That is just skimming the surface, but it sort of hits all the things that, that need to be said about what I want this film, the, my vision for this film. So it's going to be black and white, just like my first film, Romeo's distress. Um, in my mind, this story and the, the location are in the same world and place where Eraserhead takes place. So if you've ever seen Eraserhead, David Lynch's film, and mind you, that's not me going, I am as good or capable or entitled to David Lynch in all of his incredible glory. That was just a, a, a springboard for me in wanting to explore that world further. So in my mind, I have set my story inside of that city or sorry, on the outskirts of that city, white plains where I actually live is uh, this black and white sort of, you know, city, like smaller city outside of the big city. And that is where our story, my shadow takes place. And it's a weird world full of weird, whimsical characters and, you know, again, you have this guy, Robert, he's an artist. I said, he's a painter. He paints pictures. That's how he makes his living. His best friend is a, is a bunny rabbit is a, is a rabbit, um, named shadow. That's my shadow. Uh, shadow is, um, shadow meets, meets his end in a, a horrifying, tragic way. And he gets resurrected 
by Robert. Robert has him resurrected. And uh, nothing goes according to plan. And not even Robert, you know, he sort of deviates from his own plan. And uh, at the same time, there's this, there's a ball. It's it's like a dance that's in the town. And it happens on Halloween or around Halloween. It's called the Jovial Halloween Ball. And it's a dance that Robert, Robert wants to take this girl, Sydney, to the dance. And, you know, there's just, there's all sorts of problems. He's got all sorts of problems that he has to deal with. And to tell you what movies it's inspired by or what, you know, stories it's similar to or whatever that that it's drawing from might spoil too much of what happens, at least in the sense of like where I want to direct you to experience and watch the story, which brings me to the very next segment of this announcement and what I want to do. So instead of just like going out there and trying to make the movie straight up, make the movie, I want instead to sort of do an audio play version of the movie. So I'm, we're going to take the screenplay and right here on my channel, right live on YouTube, I'm going to assemble a bunch of people to play the various different characters. And we are going to do an audio reenactment, like kind of like a table read, but I want it to feel it's going to be somewhere between a radio show and an audio play and meets video podcast live streaming. So this is kind of like the performance space. And so what I want to do is I want to perform the screenplay for you. That's right. I want to reveal, you know, we sit here, uh, all of us indie filmmakers and, you know, everybody, you know, our, our stories are so guarded. They're so precious. They're so, you know, secret and sacred. And you know what? Like, I'm tired of playing that game. I just think it's stupid. The, the reality is nobody cares. Like, literally nobody cares. Nobody cares about this story. Nobody cares what happens in it. So it's like, why not just put it on and perform it? Whatever whatever you're going to see or hear on this channel, it, it will pale in comparison to what I have planned. And if anything, it will make for a really good tool when trying to be bring people on board for the production. You know what I'm saying? The other reason why I want to do the audio player, I want to do an audio play like this. And, and, you know, part of the inspiration comes from genre blast. I was at genre blast last September with, with uh, gouge away. And we were doing table readings of, of, you know, our, you know, con our fellow filmmakers, screenplays, screenwriters, screenplays. And it was a lot of fun. Everybody was just sitting in the room. You have to sort of imagine it was just like, it was just pure storytelling in the moment. And I loved it. I absolutely loved it. And I thought, you know, this is the way to go, man. Like just do it. Cause here's the reality. No one's going to, my idea is already like a, a pastiche of other ideas and nobody's ever going to do this idea. Like I'm going to do this idea. No one can make this movie that I want to make. I'm the only person who can do what I see in my head. So I don't really care if you know what happens in my story. And perhaps if you like what happens in my story, you're going to want to see the actual version of it. You're going to want to see you know, uh, the monster, the monster in the, the movie, you're going to want to see the, the, the grisly aspects. You're going to want to see the quirky, campy, um, bizarre, you know, stuff. It's just, it's full of all of that stuff and more. And, and so that's, that's kind of like what I'm thinking. So what I'm doing, and I've already reached out to a bunch of them. I've reached out to a bunch of people, including Paul, Paul in the comments, 
Paul knows about this already. Um, the plan is we are going to get together and we are going to maybe do one rehearsal and then we are going to read, we're either going to pre-tape it and then it will stream live, or we will actually try and read it live on the channel. And you can sit here and enjoy it like an audio play. And then I'll probably take it down. Maybe I'll leave it up. Now, here's the other reason why I want to do an audio play of the what essentially will be the first draft of the screenplay. I'm going to let it cook for a little bit. You got to let your writing cook. I'm going to let it cook for a little bit. I'm going to go. I'm going to do another pass just to make sure that you know it feels like this cohesive thing. Because it's very easy to spend months and months and months writing to the end. And by the end, it's different from what it was at the beginning. You have to go back over and make sure everything feels sort of like fluid or, you know, more cohesive, right? On some level. So after that, we're going to, we're going to, we're going to go, we're going to do it. And then here's the thing, like, I will probably have to change the story. The story is probably going to have to like be scaled down in some way that I don't want to scale it down in order to be able to make the movie how I have to be able to make the movie with the resources that I have. I, I, I hold no, you know, I hold no illusions about possibly having to do that. And if I'm going to, you know, I've had to do it twice before. Both of my features suffered in some way because of how I make movies, paying out of my pocket, doing, you know, too many jobs by myself, Murphy's law, all of these things get in the way. And both visions that I had for the initial visions for both of my films are different. In, in the case of gouge away, I'm really happy that gouge away kind of came out like cooler than I could have intended completely different film. In the case of Romeo's distress, I basically had to cut the last third of the movie. Um, the last third of the movie in Romeo's distress is different from what I intended. A lot of that movie was found in the edit. I almost wish that I could have had the like the original story in some way, shape, or form as its own tangible thing separate from the movie that it became. So that's where this idea comes in. I'm going to do my reading, my audio play version of the original story as intended. And then if I have to make any changes, if I have to sacrifice vision, if I have to scale downwards... I know that the thing that I intended to, to put out into the world, the thing that I wanted to show you guys, I know that it exists in some way, shape, or form, whether it's an audio play or as a film. So that is the overall plan. And then once this movie is done, along with my other films, I have now put some infrastructure in. I am really hoping to start doing some physical releases of my own films under my own label called just from us, whatever from us films, or just, you know, my movies, my movies, you can order the Blu-ray of my movie through me. I'm still looking into a few things, but the way I see it with distribution at this point in time, there's no reason to give my movie, my tiny little movies away, you know, uh, at least, I don't know, maybe not, maybe, maybe depending on like a, a streaming location, but for sure, like physical, like I should just, I just, the only way it's going to happen is if I do it myself and I really want, you know, physical releases of my films. So I'm thinking like the best, this is the best way to put out my stuff. And you can watch one of my features for free right now on the channel. You can watch Romeo's Distress. If you are a Patreon, you can watch Gouge Away. Gouge Away is available to all my Patreons. They can see the film. Um, what will I do with the audio play once it's aired? Like it's going to air. Anybody can watch it for free, whatever. 
And then I might take it down. I might leave it up. Maybe I'll leave it up for the weekend and then I'll take it down. And then we'll, you know, the next time you hear about this movie, we're going to be going into production. I'm not going to talk about it. I'm not going to sit here. I'm not going to do that whole thing on social media where it's like, hey, look at my thing. I'm posting this. I'm posting. Like, it's fun. I love doing that. Who doesn't love doing that? I mean, I'd be ridiculous to 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 not admit that I don't love doing that. But it doesn't, you know, it's you just I feel like I set myself up. Maybe it's like PTSD. Maybe it's like fear of failure on some level. But I just feel like at this point, if you're going to make something, just make it in quiet. Just go and make it. So I'm here to tell you I have a project. Um, this is this is going to be we're, we're going to sort of synthesize it. It exists as a script. And then I want it to exist as an audio play. And then I'm going to use that audio play to sort of, you know, sell other people on it that I need to sell on it in order to make the movie. And then the next time you hear about this project, hopefully we'll be in production. And other, if if not, then then I'm not going to do I'm not going to do the whole thing. I'm not going to do that whole thing. I just don't want to do it again. I did it with Romeo's Distress. I did it with Wash Away. Just it, it just it it's it's so painful when things don't go as according to plan. So this is the reverse. This is the reverse approach. I have the script. It's done. We're going to read it live on the channel. And then, like I said, next time you hear about it, hey, it's a movie. Great. In the same way that I've been writing this for almost six months now, right? I've been writing this for almost six months. And I posted two little passages on, on my Instagram and my Facebook. I didn't explain exactly what it was. I just said a new screenplay I was writing. That was really it. Nothing, you know, nothing elaborate. Besides that, I just haven't talked about it. Now that the, the thing is complete, I'm here to talk about it and tell you, hey, this is what I'm doing. Um, in addition to everything else that is going on. But this is a project that is near and dear to my heart. And, you know, it was really, there was very therapeutic to write this project. This project deals with a lot of my own fears, you know, and, you know, it's just sort of like things that I wonder about, about creativity, about life, about death. You know, all of it is represented here in my shadow uh, about a, a painter and his bunny rabbit best friend who comes back to life and aspires to be a rock and roll singer and can't stop eating people. And all Robert wants to do is just, you know, take 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 the girl out, take the pretty girl out to the ball. Thank you, Rue. Thank you, Mr. Morg. Um, I'm excited too, man. It's going to be cool. It's definitely going to be cool. So keep your eyes peeled. So right, right now, what, what's the next phase? The next phase, like I said, we're going to let it cook. We're going to wait. I'm going to get all my ducks in a row. I got to schedule a lot of people. Cause here's the thing. There's so many roles. I've never had this many roles uh, in my projects. I think this has the most characters I've ever written into a project. I did not do that on purpose, but I just kind of thought in my head, well, if you're doing this audio version, you shouldn't worry. You know, generally when I'm writing something, I'm writing something in a way that I know I can shoot it. And I'm thinking, well, you know, if you're going to do this audio version where the sky's the limit in some, some aspects, just do whatever you want, write as many characters as you can in. So there's a lot of crazy kooky characters and um, yeah, it is. I will say there is gore. There is violence. There is music. There is weirdness. It's all in black and white. As I mentioned earlier, if you're just tuning in, 
it takes place in the same world that a racer head takes place in. So if you've seen a racer head or you like a racer head and you like black and white, that's what you have to imagine when you are either listening to the audio play of the script or when you go to see the movie, you will see that represented visually because I'm going to make the movie in black and white. That's the plan, Stan. And there's nothing really more else to say. I'm going to read the plot one more time in case you are just joining us just now. Here is the plot once more. Far on the outskirts of the big bad city where Eraserhead probably took place in the black and white fog, foggy haze of White Plains, Robert, a painter, struggles with the sudden demise and grisly resurrection of his best friend, a rabbit named Shadow. Now all Robert wants to do is take the girl next door, Sydney, to the jovial Halloween ball and have a good time. But it's hard to have fun when your best friend aspires to be a rock and roll singer and won't stop eating the people you know. So there you go. There you have it. Keep your eyes peeled. Documentary projects, those are all, everything is still happening. Nothing has changed. This isn't me like having ADD and moving on to the next thing. This is something that I have been working on this for the last six months. You just haven't known it. You just don't know about it. And I'm now revealing, I'm ready to reveal it to the world. And very soon it will exist in audio form. Um, and, you know, if I do take it down, if you're a Patreon or a YouTube member, you'll still be able to watch it. So if you don't catch it in the window, don't worry about it. But, you know, for everybody else, we'll, we'll hype it up. We'll hype up this, the, the, the reading. And it's going to be really, really fun. Really, really fun. Thank you, Winston Smith. I'm glad you, uh, uh, that it sounds good to you. Thank you, Minister. Got Angus in the house. Angus says, sounds like a cool concept to me. Love Eraserhead and black and white movies. You know, Angus, you might appreciate my first film. You can watch it on the channel. It's called Romeo's Distress named after the Christian death song. It's free on this channel to watch. It is takes place. It, it, it's in black and white takes place in white plains. In fact, I'll, I will reveal this. The main character of Romeo's distress is in my shadow. He's not in it for a big, big part. It's not really a spoiler because nobody gives a crap about this movie. I assure you, I am the only person that cares about this project as much as like no one else cares. And I'm the only one who wants to see it made more than anybody else. And I'm the, the one that drives it to get, you know, come to fruition. Uh, but, but for any, but for, you know, just to sort of loop around. So it's interesting. So uh, uncle Elmo is in R Romeo's distress and gouge away which makes Anthony and James cousins technically, but James is also in my shadow. So that links all three movies together. Um, is it an intended trilogy? Definitely not. But like, yeah, it's my, this is my world. This is my body of narrative work. You know, all this stuff, the YouTube stuff, everything that I do is all sort of like secondary to my drive to be a filmmaker and wanting to tell stories. And, you know, telling stories is very expensive or filmmaking is very expensive. Writing is not. That's why this is such a great option. I have a broadcast studio right here on the YouTube channel. I can broadcast the story, you know, and you can paint a picture in your head of what it is. And then hopefully I can just sort of, you know, it's kind of like, hey, the book, hey, this is the book and this is the movie, right? That kind of thing. Um, I'll post, so I'm going to post, a, I'll post uh, Romeo's Distress 
Uh, I'll pin it or I'll post it down below in the comments. So for anybody who wants to watch it, they can watch it. Gouge away. You have to either be a YouTube member or a Patreon member to see it. It is not available publicly, although that will change in the future. Just not now because I'm still trying to figure out distribution stuff for it. And that's, I mean, that's really it. That there, One last thing, final thing I will say. Um, Come back a little bit later. I have to go read to my kids and put them in bed. And when I'm done with that, we're going to try something new here on the channel to make up for missing last night's show because I ate that dank, dank, dank Korean fried chicken. It was really good. Honey garlic. I mean, just out of this world, but the sodium, my, my, the sodium in my blood is through the roof. Like I'm kind of like, I'm kind of like still recovering from it, <laughs> from all the sodium. Uh, but we're going to try something I'm calling tentatively Jeff TV. And what that is, something that we always talk about on the channel, we're going to watch YouTube videos. I'm going to put on some YouTube videos and like react to them. We could talk about them, something like that. So that's what, that's what I, what I want to do when I come back. So I have nothing planned. I'm going to go live unscripted. I'm going to watch, you know, watch videos that I think I can watch without getting into trouble and comment on them. And then if you want to join me and hang out with me and watch the videos, we can do it. We're going to try it out. We'll probably do it for about an hour and we'll, we'll, we'll plug riotstickers.com. By the way, you can get that down in the comments. I'm not going to do that here. I want to keep this nice, short and sweet. Thank you, Rue. Uh, always cough and cool, Rue. Always cough and cool. Um, okay, guys. As always, peace, hair grease, and we'll see you next time. <laughs>